Hi, this is Michael, and this podcast is all about tapping into your dark side, tapping into beast mode. And let me just say right away, I'm not talking about being evil or being like Darth Vader or anything like that. What I'm talking about is that athletes get into a type of mindset, a type of physiology, where they're very, very primal, and they can use anger, and they can use almost like hatred and this darkness to fuel themselves in competition. Now, you want to be in control of that. You don't want to get out of control and be a poor sport and play dirty and things like that. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about how to use that energy that you have inside of you. And it's kind of a primal, animalistic energy. Um, Like if an animal gets cornered, it will go into this mode. Sometimes you call it beast mode. So that's what I'm going to talk about today and how you as an athlete can have control and agency over that type of energy and not lose control of it and use it to your advantage in the sports arena, kind of like a switch that you can turn on and turn off. So let's talk about this thing called beast mode or tapping into your dark side. Um, I was actually researching for uh, this podcast and I I just Googled beast mode. And, of course, what came up was the famous running back from Seattle Seahawks. He played for some other teams, too, um, Marshawn Lynch. Uh, His nickname was Beast Mode. And so I was watching some of his videos, and he just plows right through through the defense. It's it's pretty spectacular. And it's kind of like this fearlessness. It's this very, very aggressive running back mode of just charging right through the defense, And that, I would say, would be a good example of using beast mode. Um, He plays fairly and and just channels this this kind of energy in a real positive way. Let me give you a bad example of uh, using the dark side or beast mode. This is uh, Mike Tyson. Of course, the very, very infamous fight with um, Evander Holyfield where he um, actually bites his opponent's ear, loses control, And that's what you don't want. You don't want that. Um, But let's talk about how you can effectively use it in um, pre-competition and during competition. So two ways to activate this beast mode or the dark side. Uh, Pre-competition, really depending on your personality, some uh, athletes do like to get really amped up into that, you know, kind of race face or you know, beast mode. There's other athletes who like to kind of be more chill. So it depends on your style. But let's say that you do want to amp yourself up. Um, The best way you can do it, there's a couple of ways. Speak from experience and from um, other athletes who I've talked with. Music, music, music. That's the big one right there. If you have a type of song that gets you into that kind of dark space of really aggressive Um, you know, maybe some heavy metal or whatever it is for you, that can be very helpful, obviously. Another one that I think a lot of athletes don't really tap into is posture. I'm big on physiology and priming, I call it, using your posture to prime you to get into a particular kind of mode. And typically, if you want to get into that beast mode, you can have a particular posture that you have practiced at home. It's usually... Uh, your chest puffed out, your uh, shoulders back, like you're about ready to fight, or like you're really proud of yourself, one of those two. And actually, you combine the music plus 
posture plus visualization on top of that. Visualize you just crushing your opponent, crushing the competition, and envision that with a lot of maybe even anger and hatred. Now, again, you've got to be careful with this. And to be clear, I'm not endorsing foul play or you know evil or anything like that. I'm just saying that sports is a game. And you can tap into this mode and get a little extra extra energy through through anger. So um, you can do that again through music, posture, and visualization. Now, if you want to do it during competition, um, one of the best ways to do that, it, well, two ways really. Uh, again, the posture. Now, it's hard to do during competition, but you can have uh, a posture that you utilize during competition. And again, practice this during you know, practice for your sport. Um, you know, I'm a big cyclist. I, I love doing that. One way that I prepare myself for sprinting is I will actually um, puff out my chest, kind of straighten my back out, and even flex my arms a bit coming into a sprint to kind of prep my body for the attack, for that kind of beast mode. Depending on your sport, you could have a type of posture, too, that you just kind of flex into when you need to take some you know, massive action in your competition. So posture is one. The other one is a code word. So have a particular code word that you use, and like a one word. It could be attack or crush or pulverize or murder or something really crazy like that that just kind of activates your beast mode or your dark side. Um, those two things would work during competition. So let me tell you a story here, a personal story. Well, let me tell you two stories. Um, so I'm a bike racer. I used to do a lot of bike racing uh, many years ago. And there was a Japanese cyclist named Kyochi Nokano. And he won the World Sprint Championships. This is the match sprint on the velodrome, three laps, one kilometer. He won this race 10 years consecutively in a row. I don't know if that's ever been done since then. Um, I haven't really followed uh, track racing. But uh, this guy, if you want to watch some videos of this guy um, right on the start line, you can tell that he goes into a different kind of mode. In fact, uh, for a while, he had a trainer that would slap him across the face <laughs> before some of the sprints to get him into this mode and probably psych out his competition as well. So, um, again, his name is Ko uh, Kochi Nakano, spelled N-A-K-A-N-O, last name, I believe. And just some great videos of him sprinting. Let me tell you a personal story of how I tapped into my dark side, my beast mode, that made me a better sprinter. So I was never a really good sprinter. I'm not naturally built that way. I'm kind of more lean and endurance built that way. Anyway, so... There was a buddy of mine um, from Wisconsin, and his name was Brian. So, Brian, if you're listening, you know who you are. He was a naturally gifted sprinter and basically just really, really hard to beat. And he was, all, I mean, he was so good that he could even smile when he was beating you in a sprint. So I decided one time that I wanted to improve my sprinting, and I called up Brian. I'm like, hey, Brian, I want to go out and do a sprint ride with you, and I want you to try and beat me like as hard as you can and I really want to learn how to sprint. And so we go out sprinting, and just the two of us, and we got this little little loop we're doing. And I'm in really good shape at this point. So is Brian. Um, we're racing, you know, 
Cat 1-2 Pro races and mixing it up. And so we're, we're both, you know, very, very fit. And Brian, um, to his word, you know, totally kicked my ass. <laughs> I mean, we The plan was to do, I think it was about uh, 10 sprints, 10 total sprints, so that we would be basically just having a killer workout. I mean, 10 sprints is really, really hard to do. And he beat me the first eight sprints, and he beat me in such a humiliating, embarrassing way that I just got pissed off. I got really angry, and it came time for the ninth sprint, and he was leading the whole thing out. You know, he, he jumped really late. And again, if, if you know bike racing, gifted sprinters can just kind of toy with you. They can sprint really late and win. Um, if they're a power sprinter, they can go early, lead the whole thing out. Brian was more of a, just a snappy sprinter. He could he could jump and get up to speed really quickly. So it was the ninth sprint out of ten, and I was so angry and just so humiliated, and I channeled all of that into this anger and hatred toward my good friend Brian, and I basically just pictured like <laughs> destroying him. And I got so angry, and I might have even yelled something out loud, but I came around him at the last second, barely beat him, and let out this kind of like primal grunt or something like that. And he looked over at me, and he goes, that's the spirit. (laughs) And he kind of laughed. So, I mean, obviously he wasn't going total full tilt, but pretty close, so I legitimately beat him. And, um, And the next one, he kicked my ass again. But I beat him one time out of 10, and for me, that was a huge accomplishment. And it happened by tapping into this beast mode or dark side. And like I said, it's a switch. I was able to switch it off pretty quickly after our sprinting workout. But for a while, what I did is I actually kind of tapped into this dark zone and said, you know, I just want, I just want to kill this guy. And it worked. It worked. I got a little extra power that way. So that is really today's episode is talking about this dark side or beast mode and how you can use it in competition. Don't be afraid of it. Uh, You have control over it if you're a good person. So don't worry about that. But you can kind of get into that zone and, and utilize it for a little extra turbo boost in whatever kind of sport you're playing. Um, obviously, like contact sports, probably easier to get in that mode. Um, uh, sports where it's just you kind of uh, in gymnastics or performing alone, maybe a little harder to get in that beast mode. You may have to have some pre-competition rituals for that. Okay, so a uh, quick podcast today talking about uh, beast mode and the dark side. I would love to hear some of your comments on this episode. It's, um, you know, beast mode is kind of a cliche now. Is it a thing? Is it not a thing? Um, do you know? I'd just love to hear your thoughts on it. So this is Michael Seeley's Sports Psychology Podcast. If you want to check out more about my coaching and learn more about the Beast Mode, you can go to michaelseeley.com. 